Okay, hello, One Actions. Uh, firstly, I'm so happy to be given the chance to preach to you guys. I really love to be, so I'm really happy that I've been given the opportunity. Um, when I first got told that I'd be preaching, it wasn't an easy yes. Uh, I was sitting in reception and then they were kind of talking about, they were looking for someone to preach and I felt God saying, you know, this could be you. And I was like, no, nah, I can't be. And then when they kind of turned to me and they said, look, we need someone to preach on the topic, faith over fear, speak to him in the storm. I kind of felt God telling me that, well, I can't really chicken out because this is what I'm really asking for. So yeah, so if you need to, please feel free to turn on the subtitles or to use the rewind button. There's no shame in that. So today I'll be preaching on Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 36. But first I thought, let me tell you a little bit of a story and this story will make sense, so please stick with me. So as most of you know, I grew up in Zimbabwe uh, and the school that I went to, we used to have a house system for like um, sports competitions. One of the big competitions was a swimming gala. And I think I was in year four and, I was, and our house came third, which is really amazing. So I was in the team, you know, amazing swimmer, third in our house, amazing, right? Let's kind of fast forward that. A few years later, I moved to Bedford. Uh, I was in year nine. And one day I went to the local swimming pool at um, Robinson and some friends. And we were there, you know, messing around in the shallow end, you know, our, like our feet could touch the ground. It was really good. And then suddenly they put out this massive dinosaur in the middle of the pool. And, you know, being a young boy, uh, I thought to myself, well, I can swim. It's like, it's like basically riding a bike, like you can't forget. And one of the um, girls said, hey, you know, do you want to come up to the dinosaurs? Initially I was like, nah, you know, I'm safe here. And then she said, no, no, it, trust me, you'll be fine. And just that, I thought, you know what, this is simple. Of course I'll be fine. So I started swimming towards the dinosaur and I was doing really well. And then suddenly fear kicked in. I thought to myself, hang on, I can't touch the ground anymore. I could die here. Like I could drown, you know, like my life could end. And in a split second, I could, like I was kicking the water. I was, you know, embarrassing myself, you know, drinking the water and everything. And I remember one of the uh, lifeguards threw out um, like a pole. I think it's called like a reach pole or something. And he basically, you know, put it in and I had to hold on to that and uh, kick my legs while my friends were like trying to support me. And I'll be honest with you guys, that was very embarrassing because there were lots of people at the pool. I just remember getting to the shallow end and I said to everyone, you know what? I think it's time for me to go home, I'm tired. And ever since then, there's been this fear uh, over swimming. So like most of you might know, if you invite me to a swimming party or whatever, I might come, but I might not go in the water. Or I might sit in the hot tub because you know, it's safer there. But as far as I can remember, from that experience in year nine, I've always ran away from swimming. Anything that involves swimming, if you invited me, I wouldn't come. And if you know me very well, you know every now and then I make a lot of jokes about swimming, but you know, that's where it comes from. And so for me, the fear was swimming. But for you, sometimes you can be in a situation which can cause you to doubt yourself, which can shape how you do life. Um, and what you do in life, what you don't do in life, what you fight against and what you fight for. So in my case, it was avoiding any swimming parties. So today we'll be looking at Peter, someone who also knew a lot about sinking. So I'll be reading from the Passion Version. Uh, so yeah, let's get into it. So from verse 22, um, so as soon as the people were fed, Jesus told his disciples to get into their boats and go to the other side of the lake while he stayed behind to dismiss the people. After the crowds dispersed, Jesus went up to the hills to pray. And as night fell, uh, so as night fell he was there praying along with God. But the disciples who knew who were now in the middle of the lake, ran into trouble, for their boat was tossed by the high winds and heavy seas. 
And about four o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them walking on the waves. When the disciples saw him walking on top of the water, they were terrified and screamed, it's a ghost. Then Jesus said, be brave, don't be afraid, I'm here. Peter shouted out, Lord, if it's really you, then have me join you in the water. Come and join me, Jesus replied. So Peter stepped out into the water and began to walk. And in verse 30, when, when he realized how high the waves were, he, be, he became frightened and, start, and started to sink. Save me, Lord, he cried out. Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and lifted him up and said, what little faith you have, why would you let doubt win? And the very moment, so at the very moment, the boat stepped into the boat and the raging wind ceased. Then all the disciples crouched down before him and worshipped him. They said, adoration, you are truly the son of God. So yeah, let's pray. So dear Lord, I pray that as we watch this preach today, that you just bless us. Lord, I pray that we take a message from this. And Lord, I pray that we just, you know, get to know about you and we learn what it is to fight fear and to have faith. Amen. Okay. So I love this passage because like when I visualize it, I can feel myself in the boat with Peter. So like I can feel the fear that he might have been going through. So like I said earlier, me and, um, you know, water are not the best of friends, but I think this applies to all of us. So in this passage, um, you know, Peter's talking about how with faith you can do anything. So in Mark 9, in Mark 9 verse 23, Jesus says, everything is possible for the person who has faith. So in Mark 9 verse 23, everything is possible for the person who has faith. So basically we can do everything if we have faith. And I know you might be watching this thinking, yeah, you know, that's a very good point. So I'm going to do anything I want, you know, as long as I've got faith. Jesus also wants us to have common sense. So if you eat lots of cake and you eat lots of chocolate, no matter how much faith you have, you will gain weight. So God wants you to use a bit of your common sense. Okay, so, so this, pa this, pa this passage speaks to everyone. Everyone watching, I'm sure you have some kind of fear. If you're being honest with you and the Lord and can say, well, you say, you know what? I fear nothing because in Psalm it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they come for me. You, sir, madam or young person are an inspiration. Please tell me how you do it so that we can know overcome fear. Comment on the page or drop the um, elders an email. Having no fear whatsoever is a blessing and a skill, but I'm sure you've had a fear in the past. For everyone else, however, we have some kind of fear. So the question is, what is yours? What scares you just thinking about it as an activity? For some people, it's a person, you know, like your life can be going good, but if this person comes up, like you get so scared what they'll think about you or what they might say about you. Or for some people, you know, men and women, you might be scared of spiders, lizards, and snakes. That's okay. You know, I, I know some people that are scared of chickens and frogs. I don't know how that's possible. But, and there's a virus that is also going around that is making everyone fearful. But I think God is much bigger than the virus. So on purpose, I think today we're not gonna mention the virus, but you know the virus I'm talking about. And just in case you're like, nah, I'm not really sure, I want you to go to any shop without a mask and try and hug and shake everyone's hand. People will tell you what is going on. Okay, so just in case you didn't do any kind of psychology or, or any study of human behavior at school, uh, there's some new information for you. If you know this already, big shout out to you. If you don't listen here, and then you uh, learn a bit more. Okay, so first we need to look at what is fear. So fear is one of the most powerful emotions. It has very strong effect on your mind and body. So fear can create strong signals of response when you're in emergencies. For instance, if you're caught in a fire or if you're being attacked. It can also take effect when you're faced with non-dangerous events like exams, 
public speaking, preaching, a new job, a date, or even a party. It's a natural response to a threat that can be either perceived or real. So anxiety is a word we use for some, for some types of fear that are usually to do with the thought of a threat or something going wrong in the future rather than now. So fear and anxiety can last for a short time and then pass, but they can also last much longer and you, can't, and you can get stuck with them. So in some cases, they can take over your life, like how you eat, how you sleep, how you concentrate, what you do, where you go, where you don't go. And this can, and this can hold you back from doing things that you would normally do. So I've already asked you the question, but I'm going to ask you again, because I really want you to think about what fear is. So because my hope is that, you know, from today you can start thinking more about your fears and actually talking about them, and then we can start addressing them. And the key thing also with um, fighting fear is knowing that you've got people around you. So there are people that, that are there that can pray for you. If you think about football, you know, in football there's 11 players. Because it's a team, they work together. If you think about Jesus, Jesus had 12 people in his squad. So if you don't have a squad or a house group, uh, please email the church and we'll get you signed up into a squad as soon as possible. So the question is, what is your fear? So for some people, they're scared about money, you know, like their fears in finance. And the good thing is that regardless of what fear you have, if you go on Google and just type in fear of, you know, fill in the blank and then look for verses or a study, you'll find something. So if you have a fear of finance, in uh, Hebrews 13 verse 5, it says, do not be obsessed with getting more material things. Be relaxed with what you have. Since God assured us, I will never let you down, never walk off and leave you. So if you're scared about money, you know, go to Hebrews. The uh, answer's there. Maybe you're like, Houston, you know what? Money is the last thing in my mind. There's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of sickness from a virus, which we won't mention. Um, but actually, maybe that's your fear. Uh, the, so in James chapter 5, verse 14, 16, it says, Are you sick? Call the church... Uh, Call the church leaders to pray and anoint you with oil in the name of the master. Believing prayer will heal you and Jesus will put you on your feet. And if you've sinned, you'll be forgiven, healed inside and out. Make this common practice. Confess, sins, sorry, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Obviously, because of the virus, you know, the um, elders might not lay hands on you. They might pray, you know, virtually or with the safe distancing. Um, okay, so the uh, good thing is that whatever fear you might have, there's an answer in the Bible. And if you're really stuck and if you can't find any, send an email to the church and I'll um, get someone to email you back. Okay, so just in case you're thinking, well, that's all well and good, but what has that got to do with the passage? I'm lost. Um, let's just go through the um, verses together. So we'll start with looking at the first two verses. So the first two verses, it says, so as soon as the people were fed, Jesus told his disciples to get into the boat and go to the other side of the lake while he stayed behind to dismiss the people. After the crowds disappeared, Jesus went up into the hills to pray. And as night fell, he was there praying alone with God. So the key thing here is that despite the business going on, Jesus knew the importance of praying alone. And the verse is important because it shows out that Jesus was God and man at the same time, but he knew the importance of praying even in very stressful situations. He had experienced something very painful. So again, in Matthew chapter 14 in verse 10, uh, we read how King Herod made a gesture or a gift offering to his daughter, like around people. So he basically said, look, if you want anything, you know, I'm going to make it happen. And then his wife was able to tell the daughter to ask for John the Baptist's head. So in verse 10, you know, King Herod got John the uh, Baptist put in prison and then he beheaded him. 
and they bought the heads and displayed it on a platter, and his daughter showed the mother. So uh, like after this happened, John's disciples went and, and um, got the body, and they left to find Jesus and tell him what had happened. So the key thing here is that John the Baptist and Jesus, like that was Jesus' cousin. So imagine what Jesus was going through, that, you know, he's just been told that your cousin's head has been cut off. And then, you know, in that time, he kind of needed some space. He thought to himself, look, you know what? I need to pray because this is so messed up. Like he could have thought, well, you know what? I've got a lot of things happening. But actually, he knew the importance of, of um, having that space alone. So if Jesus needed space, I'm sure we need some space in our life. So as a parent, as a husband, as a child, we all need space. So I've got a two-year-old boy. And, you know, sometimes being, you know, one of the best dads, you know, that's what people tell me, uh, we uh, have lots of fun, we play lots of games, but every now and then he disappears into a room alone where he just relaxes alone. And, you know, he's just there alone and you'll be looking for him everywhere, you know, thinking he's in trouble. And he's just sitting there, he's just, you know, spending some time alone. And Jesus, and Jesus did the same. You know, when he was, you know, he'd heard this bad news, he had been, you know, feeding the people, he thought to himself, I need to get some time. So, you know, when I kind of read the Bible sometimes, I try and picture like being like in the modern day. So I try and picture myself being like maybe one of the disciples, but like the guy in the background. And, you know, so like obviously in my mind, you know, me and Jesus are the same. We think the same and we talk the same. So I can, I can just picture Jesus going, okay, guys, you know, come over here, come over here. Okay, guys, I know we should stick together, but, you know, you guys go in the boat and I'll see you on the other side. And then one of my friends, Peter, will go, hey, Jesus, man, you know, we should stick together because we're best friends. And he's like, look, it's cool. You go and I'll see you on the other side. Trust me. And then me and the boys, you know, the disciples, we, you know, get in the boat and we go. And if you think about that, you know, earlier we were, we were talking about how it's important to have a squad, to have a group of people that will pray with you. But actually, the first point should be praying alone. So Jesus prayed alone because it was very important. And he went on, um, onto the top of the mountains to do this. And the first time Jesus did this, was like when he prayed alone, was when he just heard about the loss of his cousin after he had got rid of the people, uh, the 5,000 people that had been fed. And the second time is when he's about to go and basically die on the cross for our sins. And again, in Matthew, in chapter 26, verse 13, Jesus says to the disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. So some of you in your life now, you are going through situations. Some of you, these situations are sort of happening as we speak. Some of them like, appear like they're not avoidable. And the easy thing sometimes is to quickly run to your friends and to your family, you know, to your WhatsApp group, to your house group, to your squad, or to your new group. But the first thing that we should do, first, first, first thing we should do is pray alone. Because I think there's a lot of power when you pray alone, just you and Jesus. And when I talk about praying alone, I don't talk about, you know, you may, like maybe just before you go to sleep, or you know, in between your favorite program and the news, you kind of throw in a two-second prayer. I'm talking about very intentional prayer time with you and God. Now, it's not about how long you pray, that's not important, but I think in the Bible, we read how Jesus went on top of the mountain to pray. So I'm sure he didn't go on top of the mountain to be like, hey Jesus, can I have some more money because I want to get a new car, bye. I'm sure you know the prayer was more serious and more important than that. So yeah, however you do your prayer, make sure it's quality time. And it's not about quantity, but make sure you're not just kind of doing it to fill a gap that you might just have. And there's an importance about praying as well, you know, past midnight. So regardless of the situation, take some time alone and just know that God is important. So in the next verses, in uh, verse 24 to 27, so to, to 29, it says, But the disciples who were in the middle of the sea ran into trouble, 
for their boat was tossed about by the high winds and the heavy seas. At about four o'clock in the morning, so that's 4 a.m., Jesus came to them walking on the waves. When the disciples saw him on top of the water, they were terrified and screamed, a ghost. Then Jesus said, be brave and don't be afraid, I am here. Peter shouted, Lord, if it's really you, then have me join you on the water. Come, enjoy me, Jesus said. When the disciples see Jesus, they are scared. You know, and while, you know, these guys have been fishermen, so they've been on boats before, like they know what to expect from the storm, they have never seen anyone walking on water. So the fear from that for them is thinking, actually, this must be a ghost. So in verse, 20, in verse 26, it um, makes it clear. You know, the, the disciples are scared, and they're scared that it's a, it's a ghost. So as Christians, sometimes we feel like we are praying to God, we are pushing in, but, but you know, God is not answering us. You know, if we kind of imagine our life as a boat, I guess, and God has sent us into the world, imagine we are in our boat. You know, some of us are praying, and if you're putting us a time, maybe you're praying and it's about, you know, 9 p.m., God, I really need help, nothing happens. God, I really need help, you know, 10 p.m., nothing happens. God, I really need help, God, please help me, 12 a.m., nothing happens. And then 4 a.m., God turns up in the situation and he kind of gives you the um, answer you need. So I think there's something really powerful about just with prayer, just to keep going. So you might not get the answer the first time, but don't feel like time is running out or put a time limit on God. God will answer the prayer in his time. So, so I, like I know as a church, we do a thing where we uh, pray for 24 hours and we get to sign up. Normally when the sign-up sheet go, um, goes out first, people go for the 8, you know, 8 a.m. or for the 8 p.m. I want to encourage you, if there's, a four, if, if there's a slot at 4 a.m., I want you to go for that slot. If there's a slot at 3 a.m., go for that slot because God somehow appears to show up sometimes at very early hours of the morning. So some of you are crying about, so you're, like, about your problems. Pray alone first and keep praying and keep praying and keep praying and God will answer you. And I'm always reassured because, you know, being a parent myself, I love my son. You know, I, I want to make sure that I give him what's best for him. And, you know, Jesus talks to me as a parent and he says, do you know any parent who would give his hungry child who asked for food a plate of rocks instead? Or when asked for a piece of fish, what parent would offer his child a snake instead? If you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best, how much more ready is your heavenly father to give you wonderful gifts to those who ask him? So it's clear, ask God of anything and your prayers will be answered, despite the storms that, yeah, that are going around you. So this passage is amazing because Peter teaches us a lot about faith, fear and focus. So Peter shows us the importance of looking to Jesus and staying focused on Jesus. Peter in the storm asked for clarity that it was Jesus. While the other disciples were basically in the ghost, like in a boat thinking, oh, it's a ghost, it's a ghost. And they basically just kind of froze. Or like maybe they were screaming or like maybe, you know, shaking. So for you, like, what does that look like? You know, if you're in a situation and you reach out to God and, you know, do you say, Lord, if it's you, please help me in the situation. Or do you just, you know, kind of stay there screaming in your, in your own power? So the importance here is that it's important for us to seek Jesus, but also the key thing is we should be willing to listen. So Peter showed this despite, you know, being in a boat. And again, it doesn't say anywhere whether Peter could swim or not. So maybe Peter was like in my swimming ability. So, but Peter is in a boat, there's a storm going on. And in that fear, he's willing to trust God and have faith in doing the impossible. Obviously, no one had ever seen anyone walking on water. But without hesitation, Jesus stepped, so Peter stepped out of the boat, and in that moment of weakness and strength, he doubts, but he wants to believe. He fears, but steps out of a perfectly good boat 
to go into a storm and to walk on the sea. So think about your life right now. Think about the difficulties which you're having. You know, you might be like, you know, I've lost my job. I might not have my job. You know, I need to see my friends. I need to see my family. But, you know, have you prayed for God to do something which is, as dif- uh, sorry, which is different and powerful, like walking on water? Something which seems impossible. You know, a situation where if you get, you know, the group of guys that are really smart for some advice, they tell you, look, it just doesn't make sense. So like Peter, we need to step out and kind of ignore the fear that we have. Because in that, God will uh, work amazingly. However, maybe you're in a stage where you're going through a situation and you're praying. You've been praying, you've been praying at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. And actually, it seemed as though the situation was getting better, but then you feel like you feel yourself sinking, like you feel yourself, hang on, I was getting on top of this, but now this situation is getting on top of me. So again, we can look to what Peter did. You know, when uh, Peter was walking and he realized, you know, he had lost a bit of focus, the situation had taken over, he started sinking. And what does Peter do? So Peter calls out, Lord, save me. So in this moment, you know, despite the fear that he's going through, he still shouts to God. And Peter, and Peter showed that he was far from perfect, but he still had faith to walk on water. And it doesn't really specify, but if you think about it, like we don't know whether Peter walked maybe a meter, maybe he walked maybe 400 meters or even more. I think that in itself is powerful to know that, you know, he was able to do the impossible for that long. You know, despite knowing that as a human, in his own strength, what he was doing was not possible. So again, the question that I'm going to ask you again is, what is your fear? Have you prayed alone? Have you been focused on Jesus despite what's going on around you? And do you feel like you're sinking? So like maybe are you sinking in your family? Are you sinking in your job? In your health? As a church, we need to remain strong and focused on God. This is not always easy, but there's always power in believing truth over lies from fear. We just need to pray and reset and focus. He will not watch us sink any more than we need to, but instead he'll take our hand. So if we think about, you know, in the passage, when uh, Peter starts walking and he starts to sink because he's now having fear, he's now having doubt, Jesus doesn't keep on watching him and say, oh, Peter, I can't believe you, but now look, what you're, now look what's happening to you, you see? Instead, he reaches out his hand and he basically, you know, pull, um, pulls out Peter. I guess, like for me, similar to when I was driving in um, Robinson, the uh, guys didn't watch me on the side thinking, you know what, if you, if, if you can't swim, you should stay in the shallow end. Instead, you know, straight away, I got the help that I needed. So for us, if we look at Peter, Peter's an amazing example because Peter wasn't perfect. He failed more than once, but he, was, but he always followed Christ. He didn't let his own shortcomings get in the way and slow him down. Also, it's important to note that for some people, your anxiety is really, really bad. And for some people, you need to seek professional help. The reality is, like for you guys, you know, there's nothing wrong with seeking additional help, and that's okay. There is no shame. It doesn't mean you have no faith or Jesus is not strong enough. It just means that you need additional support because your level of anxiety is more in terms of, so it needs more support compared to the uh, other people. So uh, my wife uh, loves a song by the uh, Casting Crowns, and I think there's a line in there which I think is perfect for each and every one of us. It says, there's a place where fear has to face the God you know. And for me, I think that is really powerful because sometimes when I'm going through life, I kind of think, well, you know what? I just can't get out of this. You know, I'm just so scared, you know, like my life is going to end, you know, so-and-so is going to hate me, da 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 But actually, there's a place where fear has to face the God you know. And I think the more I know that, the more I believe that, the more I'm reassured. So whatever storm you might be facing, 
keep pressing into Jesus and just know that Jesus is there for you as well as for you. So guys, uh, you know, as we're saying, it's really important for us to pray. So I just thought it'd be nice for us to end on prayer. So dear Lord, I just thank you that you're an amazing God. And Lord, I thank you that, you know, by us following you, it doesn't mean that we won't have fear. But Lord, I thank you that you give us the chance to have faith in our fear and trust that God, like you never change. And you know, help us out in whatever situation that we're facing. So Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters and anyone who might be having any kind of fear, that Lord, that we actually know that, you know, once we follow you and once we put our trust in you, that you will always have the best interest for us. So, so Lord, I pray for everyone. And Lord, I pray for those that might be feeling alone, that you just make them, let, let them know that there's a family here for them. Amen.